Friendly fire! Boys, 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 we're back. Episode two, Friendly Fire. How we doing? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, sure. Shower, doing good. Diesel, doing good. Anything new? Diesel, you just got done building yourself a nice little fence around your property. It's looking nice. Uh, Almost. Almost done. We got the chicken coop in there. We got a fence going. Just got to add the chain link and should be good. Yeah, that chain link. How tall is this fence? Is it going to be able to keep the pups and the chickens in? Oh, yeah. We're doing four foot, so not super tall, but it's going to be nice. I mean, dogs ain't going to jump over it. We'll be good. They technically could, though, if they wanted to, couldn't they? If they want to do, but they're yeah. not. Easy. And um, talk to me about chickens. How, what do you want to know? How, well, so I don't live in a place where I'm allowed to have them because of HOA reasons and stuff, but it's a dream someday to have it. Is it pretty easy, or are we talking some pretty pretty heavy investment here? How's How's it? It, it is pretty easy. So we've done chickens the past few years. Um, we've had some actually good neighbors who've had a lot of chickens. So, you know, I haven't had store-bought eggs in a very long time. Um, but when we moved back out to Missouri, um, got uh, we started with a few chickens. We have four right now. Uh, we're getting more chicks. We're probably going to have to plan to have 10 to 15 max. Um, and then that's just for eggs. Uh, we might do meat chickens in the future, but... Very easy. So we did these from chicks. I mean, I mean, I've done puppies and everything else. So I mean, the chickens take care of themselves for the most part. You feed, you water them, you change out stuff. Um, it, very easy. You can do it. Anyone can do it, honestly. So what you're saying is you're essentially a farmer, taking care of puppies. It, what what else trying. is in the? Yeah. What else is in the uh, the scope of possibilities for you on that land? Like, are you talking? Other livestock, agriculture stuff, not like future. Or? Um, yeah. Um, we saw the wife and I have talked, and uh, it's we'll probably do something. Um, pigs have talked about goats. Definitely not right now until we get a lot more acreage. So I mean, we're on a small plot of land. We only have you know three acres, but then we back up to eight hundred acres of uh, conservation ground, which is nice. So um, we're gonna do chickens, meat chickens, and then. Probably some meat rabbits, actually. Um, very easy. And then maybe pigs in the future. We won't do any any cattle. Um, but, yeah, it, little by little. So it's nice. Never have. So, the, never I mean, for the property, it's very good. Um, so they're super easy as well. And actually fairly clean, like, compared to chickens, uh, if you believe that. But, Are they lean? Yeah, that's the property. Get a very lean meat. Yep. Um and then also then yeah for you know hunting wise we got everything in the in the freezer we got hogs deer a bunch of ducks geese uh, pheasant so um, but yeah the rest of the property plan to build a a building an outbuilding for the few boats and uh, get an RV in and have a workshop out there but that'll probably plan to be you know 70 75 foot by by 40 45 that's gonna be that'll be yeah, that'll be sweet. I'm and plans to have like locker room style in there. Um, so one room where I have like stalls where oh here's my marsh gear, here's uh, like timber gear, deer stall, turkey stall, have it like that. 
you know, make a little man cave, throw a pool table in there or something, and just to hang out. You'll you'll never the wife will never see me in the house. Just be out there twenty four seven. That'd be unbelievable. What about you, Shower? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Same old shit. Nothing's really changed. Not much. Any big projects you're working on at the old casa? Uh, no, not really. Working on a little flagstone patio, you know, chiseling out some flagstone, but that's about it. You have the backyard that is kind of unheard of in the suburban areas because you do have like, I mean, you have a sport court back there. You, you could make that like a nice little, uh, little, little hosting area. Oh, easily. I think it's eventually going to be a putting green though. Working on thinking okay. about the Ooh, old putting green back that there. That would be sweet. Maybe put some turf in too. That would and be then... cool. Diesel, you could put a nice little uh, chipping. Diesel Actually, could, could put a full fucking saying, green out there. <laughs> you could you could put a par three course on your land. We, we could. Hole. And actually, uh, what we've done, we've set up uh, just on the patio. We've hit bombs. Drinking beers, hitting some bombs into the into the backwoods there. And then even on the right side, there's, there's some farmland. So farmer's going to run over some, some vice balls probably. Well, last episode, gents, we talked some hunting. We talked a little Denver sports and we talked about our friends getting too drunk. I want to focus a lot more this episode on more hunting, more everything else along those lines. Um, Yellowstone, again, every damn year, Yellowstone. You see it in the news. Usually it's some sort of damn tourist going up thinking they can pet a bison or elk or something or take a selfie with a bear because they're the Disneyland generation who thinks that these are these cute, cuddly animals that you can go up to. But again, Yellowstone's again. We, We have a tourist who thought it was a great idea to go up to a calf, an elk calf, that was just laying down, picked it up, put it in the back of its car, and drove it to the police station, thinking that was a good idea. It's unbelievable. How like, incompetent even, are people? What the They might hell have the best intentions, but you see these people, it's not even for that. It's anything in life. Like, oh my goodness, I got to help that man up on the side of the road, or, you know, oh, there's a squirrel and. You know, this other thing is eating that. Like, oh, no, it's, hey, let nature do its thing. But, no, especially when you're in Yellowstone, how many signs around? Don't feed the wildlife. Don't touch the wildlife. Stay 100 yards back from this. Uh, these animals stay 50 yards back from these animals. It's not rocket science, but no, uh, people are I don't stupid. know. This world is just dumb. It, yeah, 100% stupid. I just don't understand what goes through their brain. Like, I don't They've understand. They've never been out it. in the wild before. Ever. Right. They've never been there before. It's like, oh, the first time ever being out in the Rockies is in Yellowstone. And then they so, have no clue. So so what you're saying, and I agree with you, is that they're trying to be hero. Like they they, they think, hey, this, this animal's yeah. in distress. I want to be the guy that goes up and rescues it, and everyone's going to applaud me. Really, everyone's saying you should never be allowed back in Yellowstone again. You're an now, idiot. Now that animal is dead. Whether we have to put it down. Or that calf will never be accepted by its mom again because your nasty, greasy McDonald hand scent is all over that thing. Probably get sent to a thing, zoo. No, that thing will. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if they will go to the zoo. I don't know if they. I don't know how. 
elk cabin. I don't know I've what honestly what elk. they would do there. I've never seen elk in the zoo. My guess is, is that's because there are certain animals that you just can't put in captivity; they'll die. They just that they is just true. They, there, there is preservation. So you know, in Colorado, there are elk. Oh yeah, ranching for too, so ranching for wildlife. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's yeah, a lot of places that are hundreds but... and hundreds and hundreds of acres. And again, it's it's one of those things where it's like I I think the problem is you put a scent on it that their defense mechanism is that they blend in. They have those spots on their coat and everything so that when a grizzly or a wolf comes by, they can hopefully lay still. I think it's been busted that they come out scentless. I don't think that's true. But they do have a low scent, and they have they blend in perfectly. But when a human puts their scent all over the damn thing, the thing's going to be shredded to pieces anyway by a damn grizzly bear or anything regardless. So I think that's probably why mom just abandons it, saying you're dead anyway. That's my guess. I don't know if that's yeah. true. I, I don't know the science either on that. I just know there's a lot of animals that, oh, you're not supposed to touch. Or if you do, wear gloves, how to help, and everything else like that. But, like, yeah, come on. Just just be smart of that. I'd actually have more respect if it was some redneck that was like, oh, I'm going to go try to ride this thing. Rather than, you know, an old adult. Rather than, I'm gonna pick <laughs> like up the, the dumbass that... Oh yeah! Look at this buffalo. I'm gonna go pet the buffalo. Yeah, that's good. Well, work you see out. it every year too. You see people going up trying to take selfies three feet away from a buffalo, and you had that one video of that poor little eight year old girl that gets thrown like 15 feet in the air by one. Which, hey, by the way, by the way, care. yeah, that's by your the fault. way, I don't know how that dad can ever live with himself after that because he looks like the biggest beta pussy I've ever seen. <laughs> you, have you, well, you know what video I'm talking about? Do you know what video I'm talking about? No, I haven't it's, seen that it's one. A dad, a mom, and a little girl. They're taking a video or a selfie or something. You're really close to the bike. The bison turns and starts charging. The dad and mom split and just abandon the little kid. <laughs> just leave like, the fuck. kid for the buffalo? <laughs> right. And like what? the little kid, the little kid's hardly running, can hardly move. Like the dad and mom are sprinting. Yeah. And that buffalo, of course, takes the little girl and just throws the girl about 15 feet in the air. Yeah, buffalo is like, and the buffaloes are fast as shit. Fucking buffalo? Have you ever seen the white buffaloes before? The albino ones? Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. There's a couple of them up by Hartzell. Some white buffaloes. The great white buffalo. Well, so that leads me into what, what should punishment be for something like that? Like, I don't care if it's the good faith or whatever. Like, I personally believe that you should be banned from the park for at least oh, extended period of time. If at not, at if minimum. Not minimum. Minimum. Yeah. You should be fined for sure. If they're going to find hunters and shit for stupid stuff, they might as well just find people for being dumb. Yeah. I mean, because there, there has to be some repercussions there and everything else. Like, I don't care how good your intentions were. I mean, some of the best things are done with the best intentions or some of the worst things, excuse me, are done with the best intentions. But Right. If you can't read, okay, come on. But who knows? Was this? I, I didn't read the whole story. I don't know what the tourists, you know, what the ethnicity is. It didn't. Like, uh, it didn't reveal a name or anything. Yeah. It so it's investigation. The benefit of a doubt. Maybe the guy's foreign. Maybe can't read English. But then still, I mean, I've been in Yellowstone. A lot of people have. You there is. <laughs> there's walkways and everything like that. You have to stay on the road. You actually have to physically go out of your way to go grab that. So, no, I mean, you, you got to do something better there. Or if you have a problem, like, oh, that's that, you know, animal is in distress, call the game warden then and then wait to actually. Yeah, let the, ga- let, let the game wardens deal with it or people that know what they're doing. Right. 
Park regulations require that visitors stay at least 25 yards away from all wildlife, which is, when it says that wildlife, that's just including bison, elk, and deer. And it wants you to stay at least 100 yards away from bears and wolves. (laughs) Well, no shit. (laughs) Could you imagine someone like, oh, "Oh, look at this wolf. I'm telling you. But people think they drive into Yellowstone, it's a zoo. They're like, oh, I have paid my admission. I'm going in here. It's a zoo. These animals aren't like they, for whatever reason, they just don't think like they're in the wild still. I guess I have a theory that, I mean, you know, I have a two-year-old daughter and I see some of these cartoon shows and everything for someone, someone her age. And they, they paint all these animals to be these little loving, cute, talking, get along with her. Like she has this damn show she watches right now where there is a lion who's best friends with a deer. And you're like, what the fuck? What is this? Like, you know, and again, it's a TV, sh- it's a kid's show, whatever, no big deal. But I do believe that when you grow up thinking that all these animals are cute and furry and fluffy or whatever, and that they don't mean to hurt you. And they're, there are these things that will cuddle with you if you just give them the chance. And these hunters are these bad guys going out and shooting them because they look at deer hunt in the bar and they see a, they see 70 animals run across the screen. They think that's what hunting actually is to where you're just out there and you're just freaking guns ablaze and shooting as many animals as possible. I truly believe that's what a lot of people think hunting is. They think you go out there and you see animals left and right and you are shooting as many as possible while the sun's up. Yeah. Well, you have people like that. There's poaching cases like that all the time that, oh, I'm going to go out and just kill these other animals. They don't care for meat. And I could see it if someone's actually, you know, poor, they're killing animals to eat and everything else. But you see it all the time where I'm going to go out and shoot whatever, cut heads off, leave them out there, don't care. And it's just for... Not even for sport, just for 100%. games. And that that segues perfectly into how I wanted to move that is because I believe that there should be a punishment. And I don't even know if there is. It doesn't say anything about a punishment for people, you know, being good intention, moving an animal. However, the punishment for poaching in this country, I think, is absolutely weak. And it's one of the most disgusting things I see because I just saw, literally just saw a couple of days ago, uh, the family members that were convicted of poaching back in November of 2021. They just got their conviction now. These yeah, animals, been... these animals of people, the Curtis family, these, were these six the people scum, in Summit, some of the earth people. No, these people are in Idaho. And they killed. Poaching, shooting from their car, like World War II shooting from their car. They killed a raghorn bull, a cow, a spike, a calf, and two mature bulls. They left all the animals for dead and dying animals, and they just collected the heads, the quarters, and the back straps. Now, (laughs) you're right, Diesel, a lot of times. On only a a couple. Yeah, Yeah, only on a couple. A lot of times poachers will literally just take the head because it has a nice rack on it or you know antlers or whatever. But these people, these sick, sick individuals, Curtis, got away with just paying. They had 10 felony charges, eight misdemeanor charges. Each will pay a $1,000 fine and a $6,000 total. So they're getting away $10,000 for what? Six animals. Is that right? Yeah. Rack, which is cow, a spike, calf, and two mature bulls. So six animals they killed. So how much is it right now if I want to go shoot one bull on private land? How much would that tag cost me? I mean, $10,000 if you want to go to a nice private ranch and actually have good success rate. $5,000 for a a budget-friendly, kind of like our Texas one that you knows you're going to do. 
<laughs> but so technically, oh, go do all that, pay that money, and you could have a better rack on your wall. But that's right. going to get all confiscated anyway still. But, I mean, obviously being facetious there, <clears throat> don't want to do that. But the there's different states that has different rules for everything else and then different species of animals, right? So, yes, deer and elk and everything are actually more lackadaisical than they would say for ducks. Ducks are federally protected species. So <clears throat> when people kill over the limits or anything else, or deftly poaching, you know, they have a bigger problem. So there was actually a, uh, in 2016 in Michigan, where they shot 35 ducks, uh, out of season, everything else poaching. And I think the total between them was over $20,000 in that they had 90 days, 90 days in jail. Boom. Right from the start. You can't even argue that they have to even go back into court to figure out they're going to get more. Uh, then they actually, on top of that, have to pay reimbursement fees. Uh, and then I think they either lost their license for, I know, minimum three years, uh, but then potentially lifetime ban. And that's just for ducks. Think of, like, how come we're protecting these ducks, which I 100% agree with, but not doing any other, you know, species, especially big game as elk, deer, and antelope, or anything else, moose. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this family also got a 10-year ban on hunting, but... It- Killing that many animals and doing it that blatantly, you can't tell me that's the first time this family's done that. Yeah, and if you get a ban, they're going to poach anyway. You're just going to poach again. Yeah, they're criminals. The criminals do criminal shit. Ten-year ban. It should be a lifetime. No, like, there's no argument. Lifetime. And trust me, it's not. you can make the argument, oh, you know, it's lost revenue for Idaho for ta- bullshit. They're, they're non-resident. There are non-resident people lining out the door to hunt fucking elk in Idaho. So you can't tell me none of that stuff. Like, it's just, I personally believe that these fines that they give for these types of things are so weak and so soft. The fact that these guys aren't paying a $100,000 minimum for what they did and not spending months, if not a year or two in jail is absolutely horrid. And it's, it's a joke too, right? So you have some of these game wardens who, you know, I I've met great ones and I've met the ones like these guys are worthless. I mean, it's the same thing with police officers too. It's like, Oh, this guy got bullied in high school and now he has a badge. But then you have some guys who actually care out there. They're hunters themselves. So they will be so hard on the littlest things. And yes, we all make mistakes and there's definitely a fine line, but how come there's the punishment in some cases are so heavy for little things Especially, there's things like accents. Oh, hey, you know, this is a smaller, you know, bull. I shot a spike, thought it was a doe, everything. Depending on your yardage, everything happens. Especially, you know, with deer over elk, of course. But then poaching, blatant. That is very blatant. And it's it's not that much of a difference. Some of these finds I've seen and heard of other buddies and everything, it's like, oh, you got that when that's a little mistake and that's ridiculous. And, hey, huge mistakes, intentional. Still, it's a bigger slap on the wrist, but it ain't that bad. Right. Yeah. You hear these, you hear these cases of guys, just like you said, you know, shoot a, you know, maybe the the elk didn't have a brown time that was long enough, or you're right. They shoot a spike and they shouldn't have, or any they, of those things. They, they shot into a herd and, and killed two on accident. I mean, that happens when you get so excited and everything else and definitely. And then they, they go, they'll call the DNR and they'll say, Hey, I messed up and everything. And sometimes these guys are just be like, Nope, you're you're done. Now you're up. And then they'll never get a life, a license ever again. But then these people kill how many you said? And it's like, oh, 10 years would be fine. I'll give them some extra fines and everything else. Ridiculous. 
ridiculous. I just uh, poaching. There's certain things in life, and I know everybody comes from a different background and story. And there's certain things for me personally that I see that that bother me more than other things. Stealing is one of them, and I would I would Number argue poaching one. kind of falls within that realm. Um, I just don't I don't have I don't have a a shred of remorse in my body for anybody that steals, especially in this country. I hate it. Because there are so many programs, there are so many things out there that people can do if they truly need help with something that you stealing from someone and you using the logic of, oh, they have insurance or, you know, oh, they'll buy another one. Like, you don't know that. It's a big corporation and everything else and everything. But you can even look at, I'll be the devil's advocate there and say, well, the government's stealing from me. They're charging me all this and everything when it's my land, everything else there. And like, it, it's, it's far and few between. And yes, I think some of these fees and everything is outrageous. And some of these fees where they say it's going are not actually going to conservation, and everything else, which is absolutely, I think we're getting stolen from, um, but nothing you can do about that. But I a hundred percent agree with, with, uh, with the stealing aspect. I just don't think that, I just don't think if you poach and it's something that's out of season, like I, I totally understand with being lenient for someone who might shoot the wrong animal or, or trying to do the right things and had and messed up, had an accident will happen all the yeah, time. Within and I've season. known more people that they've gotten, they've went harder on these guys and everything. And even kids where, Oh, we have a problem here. It's like, man, like it, first time learning everything else, even with, Oh yeah, adults should have known. Hey, they're not that, you know, seasoned either. And then there's, you go after these people who are doing blatant illegal things and it's still nothing. I mean, but you can you, just look at the world shoot, in general. Okay. If you shoot an animal out of season, there's zero excuse. There's nothing. Should it, should be zero. it shouldn't be, zero. it shouldn't even be a discussion. It should be lifetime ban. There are too many people that are lining up for tags, especially now we have all this winter kill and everything that's happened with these animals and all these tags are going to be limited in Wyoming and Colorado. Now, I don't know about Idaho, but I know Colorado and Wyoming. I think Wyoming had like 80% kill of their deer. I think I think Wyoming lost 80% of their deer or something along that It snowed a, it was cold and it snowed a lot this year in the Rockies. Right. So you look at this stuff and you're just like now tags are going to be more limited so the, the the guys who are doing it right and the ladies who are doing it right and they're saving these points up and they're waiting to get in these units and then you have piece of shit scumbags go in there and poach and steal you know whether it's trophy deer or trophy elk and i I don't even like to say the word trophy because it makes it sound like these people are out there only to shoot animals because you know they want the massive rack on their wall if people really knew why they're shooting bigger animals who are called trophy it's because they know that that animal is an older animal who's passed their seed along they've lived a good life no one no real hunter is going after a small young animal unless it's an absolute meat hunt but the moral of that story is like, I just don't agree that anybody who ever poaches out of season should ever be allowed to hunt again. It should be a lifetime ban forever. No offense, but about it. Well, yeah, I, agree. I mean, 100%. and then it, it depends with the licenses and everything else too. I mean, so there's special seasons, of course. We're not talking about any of that. This is just straight seasons, your normal person, and then you're just going out there killing anything you want. Because, yeah, there's, there's de- depredation tags. There's farmers who you have, they can kill you know, out of season, everything else, 
but we're not talking about that. We're talking about no, just I'm talking about something yeah, that's not in season. There's yep. no if ands buts about it. it's it's not in season and you went and killed an animal. I think the only time that that works is like what you said. If you're a farmer and it's like a self defense for livestock or something, you shoot a grizzly bear or a black. Bear well, or not, no, not even they 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 give tags out and everything else too for oh here you had extra deer tags you can shoot them. No, out I know, season but I'm talking order. I'm talking strictly not in a a, a legal form to where you don't yeah, have yeah. tags or anything. A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, He's coming right for us. With that being said. Yeah, I, I, leading on to that, I did see that a lot of these states, I know Colorado, I know Wyoming, I'm not sure about the other ones, but I have to imagine they had just as bad winners. They're going to be they're gonna be pulling a lot of tags this year off to where people aren't going to be hunting as much. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if Might be a good thing. The, yeah, I don't know if that'll help some of the population kind of rebound, uh, come back into more of the public land because there won't be as many hunters out there. I have no idea. I'll be curious. But, I mean, I won't be hunting this year anyway, so. Colorado already has too many hunters. Yeah, I'm curious what's going to happen with that because for someone who got relatively new into hunting, there's, you know, people say save your points up because then you get these trophy units. But to hunt in dinosaur in unit one, I think the lowest tag drawn this year was like 32 points. So that's 32 <laughs> years. That's, that's 32 years, yeah. And that's not with point creep. And by the time point creep comes up, it's not going to be 32 years. It's going to be like 50 points or something to grab that. So it might not even be possible to where it's like, maybe you should just find a really good unit that you only need like five or six. Oh yeah. I mean, we could think we'd almost be 60 years old by then. And then by then I'm hope I have enough money where I'll pay someone and I'll go on a private hunt and they drive me up to somewhere in my automatic wheelchair with tracks on it at 60 i'll be having to do that i mean there you go yeah so here's the article right here says wyoming winter decimates mule deer herds uh wyoming's officials have already feared the worst and recent reports prove they were worried for a reason 80 percent of adult mule deers within wyoming range and the current crop of fawns was essentially wiped out this winter so basically, the it sounds like every fawn that was born this year was completely wiped out from the winter. 80%. Isn't that insane? Consider one huge. of the most prized herds in the West, the Wyoming Range Mule Deer herd, numbered about 30,000 going into the winter months. So 80% of a 30,000 herd got wiped out by this winter. Not good. Yeah. And Grant has his calculator out probably right there, so he can tell us how much that is. I didn't. That's pretty crazy, though. That's a lot of deer. 24K. If it's 80%, that's 24K. So you talk about something like that, and now you add poaching on top of that, and you're just like, these, I just, it, it just infuriates me to a point. But so you, you being a big bird guy, both of you being bird, do you see that quite a bit in the bird world? It's actually a lot more common in the, uh, yeah, the bird I'd world. Yeah, it's probably easier um, in the bird world. Yeah, probably definitely easier. It's easier to conceal. I would it, imagine, like easy, you can easier hide to do it. that. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's, some people are it's more justifiable. Where, oh, I didn't have a good day yesterday. You know, limit six. I'm gonna shoot. You know, two limits today and everything else. And you see it. I mean, it is what it is. I uh, don't like it. And yeah. I mean. Uh, it's, but it's going to happen. And then you just try to, you know, educate people and, you know, hopefully the game wardens around are actually, you know, talking to people and they're being fair, but 
you know, I've been in some in some situations trying to do the right thing and getting stopped, getting, you know, stupid tickets for anything else. And it's just like, now these guys aren't trying to help. They're trying to actually catch you, do something bad. And like, oh, what, what can we do? I'm going to do this. So, I mean, it, it, it's a mix. And, I mean, don't want to do anything illegal, especially. And big, you know, conservationist for, for ducks and, and trying to uh, to do everything we can to build up their habitat so I can, you know, hunt ducks for the rest of my life and pass that skill on to my kids and everything else. Well, shoot, you look at all of us. We just did the DU Dash uh, 2023, four ducks, did a 5K. So, I mean, oh, not a lot man. of people would do that. I will say that was pretty fun. It would be cool if they did an in-person. Do they do an in-person one too? They used to, I know. Um, and I think after COVID, they did a lot more virtual stuff. So I am not sure. And I know initially they all did it by um, – you guys in Colorado, I know they have their the duck lodges out there, but it's like the elk lodges. So they have like the DU um, like chambers or like the areas. So like, oh, I'm a member of the, the you know St. Louis Ducks Unlimited Club and then the Milwaukee one or anything like that. So they have those, and those used to be like, oh, here's what we're going to do. Um, and it just depends on what site and everything else. But I think after COVID, it got a little bit, uh, you know, geared away from the in-person stuff. I think there were forums on that DU website, the Ducks Unlimited website with that, that you could have looked up local meetups for people. Yep. Yep. Like if you had people within your state, you could have met up and ran with them, but I'm too competitive to be running like for fun. I just wanted to run to see how good I could do. But if we do it again next year, I think I'm going to train for it a little bit before. Hey, yeah, I think uh, the, the next one, I'm going to do uh, go down on the river and go kayak the, the 5K. That sounds fun. No, that'd be go fun. up river, up river, float on the way back. Oh, that'll be a real one. Shower over here. Guy doesn't run, train for anything. Runs and ran a hell of a freaking 5K. I was impressed with that time, man. I fucking run. Fuck yeah. I chugged two beers before, got a little high, and just fucking gave her for the ducks. Unbelievable, man. That's incredible. Ducks. You sent that time in the style. I was like, I had to double check that it was you sending it. I used to be able to fucking run with the best of them, and then I just started drinking a lot and quit running. I know, but living in Colorado with the elevation, like if you kind of lose that. Man, we've been here our whole lives. All our I whole know, lives. The elevation, I love it. I up. eat it up. He's as good once as he ever was. I know, I know that you can that you have that endurance and everything just from living here, but being able to run in the time you ran is what's impressive. I know. Like if I you know. said you would have ran the whole time, but you did it in like 40 minutes, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, not bad. But you did it in like did you do it 30, like 32, 33 or something? No, it's like 36. But I might have ran a little extra. A little over. What is it? What three? Just see to go to the track. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think three one three point one is a five k, and I think yeah, we we did three and a half because for all the hike and everything we did. But I mean, the, the main champion was uh, was my old girl Rhea, you know, master hunter. There, she uh, she carried her bumper without dropping it for the entire time in oh, ninety awesome. degree weather. Friggin' unbelievable. Just crushing the 5K with her toy in her mouth. Yeah. Hey, not a toy. That's, you know, that's her that's life. That's her passion. Toy, right. So when she's retrieving ducks, if she, and you said, I know you said she has the softest mouth, so it probably doesn't happen, but let's say it was, let's say she bit a little hard. 
and she bit into that duck a little more, would it ruin the meat or would it change the way that you cook it or anything? No, no, it's fine. Like the only thing that happens when you have a, a mouthy dog is, you know, for taxidermist reasons, um, you know, the feathers get pulled out and everything else. Like you think about it, you shoot it with a bunch of shot. It's all in there. What's another little puncture going to do if your dog's mouthy? Nothing. Okay. So when um, you're cooking, when you're cooking that duck up, you're, you're obviously looking for, for bits and pieces of shot, like you're saying, but how, how's, how's the best way to cook a duck here? Walk me through, don't give me like your, your secret, take it to your grave recipe, but give like a, anybody who's hunting duck, a really good recipe to where I know you said, if you don't cook it right, it almost tastes like liver. Yep. But if you want to, so, I mean, it's good. Give me a good recipe step-by-step. Step. I mean, that's a, that's a rabbit hole that everyone can go down of, but it depends what kind of ducks you shoot too. So, I mean, to be real easy, your puddle ducks, you want to keep the skin on, cook it with that, have the fat, maybe like your divers, like bluebills and everything. Uh, you can pull that off. A lot of people say the skin tastes, you know, a little fishy because they're eating a lot of more fish rather than your puddle ducks like mallards eating, uh, you know, nice seeds and, and insects and everything. But so if, if people are looking to go and cook duck, especially, I hear it all the time. Even I have buddies like, oh, duck is gross. Never, you know, would not do that. And then you feed them it, and they're like, oh, that was awesome. You know, what'd you do? And then you tell them afterwards, like, oh, my God. And the main problem, like you said, is everyone overcooks it. And it's not a farm duck. It's not super, super fatty and huge breasts that you, like, normally see on the TV or, you know, the Food Network channel. Um, so, you know, very lean, maybe a small layer of fat, depending, you know, when you shot it and everything else. And so what you want to do, I would say – I mean, the, the best cookbooks, I mean, you have so many now, and everyone's doing it. I, I'm a big Ranella guy. I'd go look at his stuff, um, go look at Wild and Whole. But if I would say something very easy um, to do, I, I you could do it as you know, a whole entree, or I like to do it like finger foods or appetizers or even like, you know, call it Super Bowl snacks. So take a bunch of duck, and you can do this with a deer too uh, or anything, honestly. Uh, I, I kind of cube it all up. And, um, you can do this either skinless or with skin on, uh, it don't matter. Um, so I cube it all up. I marinate it and which I'd use soy sauce, water, brown sugar, vinegar, some vegetable oil, uh, a whole onion, dice that up fresh garlic powder, and actually, um, then smash up some actual garlic, uh, throw that in there and then ginger powder, and then shave some actual real fresh ginger, uh, mix that all up. I let that sit overnight, and then once uh, once that's good, the next day, quick on the grill or in the cast iron. Just sh -sh -sh, make sure you brown all sides, and uh, it's a little teriyaki delight. Um, and I would say if you don't like that, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you can go to a lot of quick. Asian restaurants. You it's cook it very quick. quick. Yep, and it, it's definitely not more. I'd say than a minute on each side like you're moving it around and i'm really in there because I, I throw some of that marinade in the sauce or in the pan with it so i'm always moving and everything else but it is very quick i've had some of your your duck and i i will say oh, it's good it's incredible Real and good. i have had the restaurant duck too it was a really fancy restaurant it was absolutely incredible melt in your mouth but to your point that's a it's a farm duck so it's probably a little bit easier to cook as far as you probably have a little bit more uh leniency in the sense of like a little forgiving 
if you do cook it a little bit longer, you, you, you got to be a you little... Just, you uh, just have a lot more fat and everything else, and so you don't have to bring much to the right. table. But, I mean, I can, and I have done, and so where we, uh, we'll we take, say you have a real fatty duck or like a mallard and your pintail, and you can actually do it how they do at these fancy restaurants. Yes, it's not going to be as thick and as big as you see in there and everything else, but you still score that skin. You make it, uh, you know, you put it skin side down for majority of the time and then you flip it just a little bit and just kind of make a chutney or some kind of marinade a lot of people use like cherry and things like that to go well with duck um but you can literally do a five-star dinner um still with wild duck it's just like you said you have to be a lot more precise and it's not forgiving if you mess up all right i'm gonna have to try it i need to go uh maybe can you buy farm duck in the store you can can't you Oh, I'm sure. I know we can out here. And I, bet some places, I bet there's butchers but... I can grab some. I know that farm duck's different, but I want to try it because I know duck's an incredible meat, incredible source of protein. And um, I, like I said, your the the duck and the goose and everything that I've eaten from you is absolutely out of this world. Like I would have paid, I'd pay to eat that stuff. And it's all about how I think, I'd say more with uh, your big game, how you treat the animal out in the field and everything. You know, we got to, Make sure you're bleeding it and, and you know cleaning it, keep not letting it stay out long. Um, but like I said, more with with your large game uh, ducks, not so much. But we still you know try to do as best as possible, and we actually try to use every part of the duck. So um, if I'm not skinning the whole or plucking the whole thing, and um, you know <clears throat> just trying to get the you know, majority of the meat on it. What I still will do, no matter what, unless it's a diver and I know it's real fishy, I will pluck at least the breast, take the breast, I will take the legs off of every single duck, uh, and I'll pull hearts out and I'll pull the gizzard. Um, the hearts are great. And I know people are like, oh, that's gross. And But have you ever been to those Brazilian steakhouses that here's your chicken hearts come in? Oh, yeah. Every heart tastes the same and heart is actually great. If people can get over the fact that they're eating that and uh, you can hide it, it's it's very good. If you hid stuff from people, they would eat anything. I will. I will tell you. I did have the. We went to Fugu de Chow, and I did have the chicken hearts, and I was not a fan. But what I will say is, I do think that they'd overcook it because I do know, based on what everything you just said, and I know the main thing Steve Rinella says is that anybody that tells him that something tastes gamey, he just knows that either a wasn't handled right in the field, yep. or it was cooked, overcooked, undercooked, whatever it might be. Um, didn't so season it right, didn't do everything yeah. right. Yeah, there's there's so I many there's, there's so many more variables. Yeah, and then people yeah. use the word gamey incorrect right. a lot. They're right. just so used to cow and pig without anything that tastes different is considered gamey. I've had gamey stuff, yes, and there is an actual difference. I've had some bad deer where I'm like, oof, and then I've had you know great deer, and you can absolutely tell the difference. But things, it's like, this is gamey. I don't like it. Like, no, that's just how it tastes. So, right. I mean, people just, sorry, we live in a, in a world where it's a little bit pampered here and you can door dash anything you want. So, Where they think meat grows off of trees. Um, well, yeah, no, I'll have to try it. I like that. Um, that's a great recipe and I'll try it. So as we wrap up here, what we are going to do to conclude every episode is we are going to shift it over to our boy shower. Our boy shower, we're going to do shower thoughts. 
where he is going to talk about what most people call conspiracy theories. This guy refuses to call them conspiracy theories because he's batting 100%. Mr. Shower, what do we have on the agenda today? What are we talking about? What's on Shower Thoughts? I mean, it's not really conspiracy today, but recently, as in this afternoon, James O'Keefe exposed a BlackRock guy. And BlackRock is one of the biggest banks in the whole world, if you didn't know that. $20 trillion. But so he exposed this guy, and the guy was just talking about how he buys off senators, how he or how they control and they like wars and they profit off of it. Basically all the good stuff that everyone thinks that banks do, he was just he was just confirming it like everything else. So Talk to me a little bit more. Do you do we know who this guy is? Like, who is the guy at BlackRock? Sergey Varley. He was. He's. A, they call him a recruiter, but uh, he goes. He goes out. He's like your guy. He's your one of your mid low level guys that goes out and buys your senators. They give him an expense account. He goes out and buys them off and gets them to do whatever they want and gets them into the fold. Okay, so so O'Keefe is a guy who used to be on Project Veritas. Yep, and then he started it, was the man, and then they kicked him out because he was talking about, you know, the one thing you're not supposed to talk about. Right, right. Okay, so he, I assume he started his new thing now, correct? O'Keefe Media Group. Okay, and then as far as, um, I'm trying to think as far as, the so is it him i don't know much about this so is it him that sneaks in i assume it's not him, no right? he just hires like he's people, the one right okay he just he's just got a bunch of people that go out and drum up these stories and meet these people like you know i'm not sure how it's always the same shit though it's always exposing stuff that everyone thinks is happening to be true and then blah 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 so it's like so, he identifies who these people are he will find like a very attractive woman or man whatever they're into yeah to go on a fake date to where they'll have a hidden camera they will interview and ask these questions and these individuals are so locked into this date and this possible person that they're spilling out or like this guy information this this guy's like i don't even care because people are too stupid to know what i'm talking about he's like you can extend it out that's quote unquote he said that yeah here i'll read it he said uh yeah read read me exactly what the guy said i'm curious well, part of it, Ukraine is good for business. You know that, right? Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos and the price of wheat goes up to, is going to go up mad. The Ukrainian economy is a wheat market. The price of bread goes up. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates for profit opportunity. So there he's, t- you know, and then he went on to say, He's skeptical and doesn't care because normal people, this is pure quote, normal people don't give a shit about these harsh realities. It's beyond them, end quote. Wow. So basically, you're too stupid to know what he's talking about. Well, they've robbed us. What blows blows my mind about that is that that will be live. People will see it, and it won't be talked about at all. In in one ear, it'll rely on... It'll rely on on platforms like Rogan or Twitter or things like that to pump it up. But at the end of the day, how many people see it and how many? But that's it. Just bonkers to me. Well, yeah, no, that's not that's that's not a conspiracy theory, especially if you're just reading straight from an article and it was a uh, it was a live video of today, him huh? saying it. Yeah, let's see. 
just says today. I have to imagine that that individual will no longer be employed by BlackRock. Or I could see that they don't care because it's like, oh, yep, just throw that information out and just keep, you know, stirring the pot. And that's what they want as well. Well, I was like, do you know who Seth Rich is? Did you see that last week? The FBI was like, oh, yeah, can we hide the Seth Rich uh, laptop for 66 years? No, what's that about? Should we say that for next week? You probably save Seth Rich. That gets a little. That's a little deep. You know, it's kind of like the. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's do our next shower thoughts. Yeah, shower thoughts might be a shower hour. Should we? Yeah, we'll switch that to shower hour then next next week. Well, gents, it's been great. Episode two. Let's wrap it up. I think that the moral of today's episode was people who steal, people who poach absolute scumbags do not go to a national park and ever interfere with any wildlife especially if you have no idea what the hell you're doing if it's stuck in a fence or has a plastic bottle or something wrapped around its neck or something sure get in there call the right people to get it but if it's just an animal by itself especially a calf leave it the hell alone i'm gonna try the recipe that diesel sent over shower thank you so much for introducing us to the corruption that we all know is there, but just further just further solidifies that it is there. Gents, it's been unbelievable. Have a great rest of your night. Chief out. Cheers, boys. <laughs>